This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Hey, yeah, we back. You know, we had to pay a little bit of bills, you know. Uh, get my man Sloy free from Africa. You know, he's trapped out there with most deaf. And we got to bring him back to the States. And um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about some of this off-season madness, man. And the first thing I want to talk about before this uh, AD going to LA is uh, there's a huge wrench that's been thrown in the Knicks blueprint, bro. And their plans have been foiled like the bad guys in the episode of Scooby-Doo at the end. What's for these kids in this damn mutts? We got a rupture Achilles to uh, Kevin Durant. We got all the cap in the world. We didn't get the number one overall draft pick. So it's just like, damn, what do we do? I don't believe in signing guys like uh, Al Horford or Kimball Walker, um, even Boogie Cousins. Even though I like Boogie Cousins, but if he's going to come for less money, nobody should get the max unless your name is Kawhi, KD, Clay Thompson, uh, you, you just shouldn't, you, you're not getting the max. Um, and like you mentioned a little bit earlier, I don't even think Kyrie, you know, the way he's been going, deserves the max. And um, what do you think about the Knicks' plans, veteran forward now that um, a lot of things have been ruined? Fucked up. I'm going to keep it real. I just got to use the F-bomb. Um. I feel like people that are going against Boogie or kind of being disrespectful. I understand why. But when he, when he was able to be out there and exert himself to put a time he's supposed to be. 28 and 12. I feel like he should have. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he showed what he's capable of. That's a 26 and 8 guy when he's healthy. So I feel like, you know, with the trainers that the New York staff have and then having big men that usually get injured, they know how to handle those type of injuries. I.e. Right, Patsy Dillon, Charles Oakley, you know. The Davis brothers, there's so many people that you can name. Um, but when you look at them overall, when you look at their team, I think that he would be a great fit for RJ because RJ plays great in the pick and roll. He's a good ball handler in the pick and roll. He gets a lot of basketball pick and roll. And to be honest, when healthy, DeMarcus Cousins is, is the most deadly pick and roll player next to Anthony Davis. You know, I'm, so not, ag- I'm not against it. I just don't want to pay him so much money out front yet because, you know, he did come back quick from an injury and then got injured again. And uh, he was playing not healthy during the during the postseason. So to be real with you, I would want him for like two or three years, but not no max contract. That's all I'm saying. You know, now if he shows me two or three years, I have no problem reading up with him to give him some more money. But as of right now, 
And he didn't do bad in the postseason. I wasn't mad at his performance. People got to understand he was not healthy. And he didn't play a full year. So, um, listen, I do believe he'll come back better than ever. I do see the Knicks potentially signing him. I just, I don't know. If, if it is a max, as long as he's healthy, I'm not mad at it because he is still young. So yeah, I, I don't think it will be a max. I think that they will give him like a one on one type of deal, one year guaranteed that he is a team option. That's what I would do with him, and I will only pay him half of what he deserves. And then in the second year, we can renegotiate his contract if he proves to be worthy of playing a full year. Some of the things like that you gotta look at. Even when KD and Clay come back, we all expect them to come back. We don't put knowledge and weight on them and stuff. But with uh, KD, for instance, I mean, it's always been like four players who came back and actually were able to overcome that. And Kobe probably was the best one. So when you look at uh, the way people play and like stuff that they use the body, you wanna look at like Miles' situation. He kept saying, Coach, put the end if you wanna win. But he still had cartilage on his knee that wasn't completely healed. And as soon as he got ready to make a move, what happened? That leg didn't work the same way he did. He couldn't move the way he did. So when you look at uh, um, Boogie, for instance, because he's been conditioning so much for that um, injury, and they put him in different water treatment and stuff like that, I think that he would actually be the one to prove it. If they're looking for healthy, the guy, I think he got injured over the course of the last two, three years. I think he would be the. Um, Don't forget Wesley Matthews, though. Yeah, Wesley Matthews, too. He went crazy last year. Got us in there. He was definitely a good pick up. Somebody to be going through. Yeah, he came back uh, in you know, like yeah. soon too. I think like eight months or something like that. Yeah, so it, it's really all based on the conditioning and how much a player is willing to put on his shoulder. You know because what's with Boogie? I'm not I'm not expecting Boogie to be their big go-to scorer. You know, I expect Boogie to be somebody that go to. Yeah, because he can still shoot. Yeah, you can see he was getting his legs back under him and things like that. And um, so, I, listen, I, I wasn't, I wasn't mad. I was actually very happy with his performance. You can't shit on his postseason performance because you know what? He didn't have to come back out. So you got people got to understand that. And um, listen, I wouldn't be mad if the Knicks signed him. Just um. Um, thank God Stephen A. Smith He reported that um, The Knicks don't want to Basically sign anybody That's not a top tier player Which in my eyes is very happy to hear for once um, And they want to build through the draft But here's my thing Now this goes back to something Me and you and Trends talked about in a few, Several episodes back about tanking Because to me in my eyes If they're going to do that I don't see And trying hard I don't see the difference between last season and this season Okay, you're not going to tank, but you're going to try hard and try to do what? I guess build the system. I mean, still try to win. I mean, to just do that all. I don't know. I'm just not with the whole tanking thing. But to me, it's just that this year, they're going to have the same around the same amount of talent. Just one more player introducing RJ Barrett. Um, if we don't get KD, I don't see nobody coming. I hope we get Kevin Durant because if we get Kevin Durant, it's more than likely we're going to get another superstar. But if not, I'm fine with the Knicks to just, you know, building some homegrown talent for once. We haven't done that literally since Patrick Ewing. You know? Yeah, and I think what people are not paying attention to, and there's two guys that you love last year for the Knicks, uh, Trier and uh, Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Around yes. RJ is a vocal defender. If you look at the defense, why is it for Duke? He was the lead on defense. He kept running to what was Zion. Zion was a kind of like a, I hope he could. That's why he got that big block over uh, Garland and everybody was going crazy about something. 
you know, that's, that's what I think moving forward. They need to look at doing it around the young talent to get some better and respect in Hmm. I, I agree with you on that. So let's talk about the main juicy T-bone steak on the dinner table. And that's um, Lakers finally doing what they have to do to get Anthony Davis. And that's trading damn near everybody except Kyle Kuzma and the referees that usually do a lot of refing at um, Staples Center. Um, I'm, here's my quick point on this. And this is how I see the trade went down. It went down similar to when the Knicks wanted Carmelo Anthony. You knew he was going to sign the following year where he would be a free agent. But instead of waiting, you basically destroyed your team draft picks and everything for the next, like, seven years. And um, you end up, you know, getting Phil Jackson, who damn near slaughtered Carmelo Anthony. I just don't think giving up everybody, and if they don't get any, if they don't sign any max players, then just they're just going to sign. I can see the Lakers; they're desperate. I can see them signing top, um, tier two talent, you know, like a Al Horford, or guys like that. And um, that's not going to win you the championship. And as much as I like LeBron, I'm sorry, he's going to be 35 years old. I have to think about the age. That is important. Another thing that people don't like to mention, but they love to say it about Kyrie Irving, is that Anthony Davis hasn't been the most healthiest guy in the league either. So, I mean, one bad injury to the Lakers, and that could potentially cripple their, their whole empire. What do you think about the trade? At least they got to keep Kuzma. That's the only bright side I saw. Yeah, I, I think um, that they didn't rush it or they wasn't jumping the gun. They were kind of sticking to their gun. Uh, with the organization, you got to understand winning is everything. It's kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles when it comes to football. You got to um, basically make it to where you're putting your team in a, in a, in a, in a better um, chance to win. You know, LeBron, like you said, LeBron being older, and stuff like that is is not going to be good to wait on LeBron. The longer you wait, kind of like the the worse you're making it for him. Mm. So it's like I feel like they made those moves because they know they have to win right now. Everybody's going at the head. Gene doesn't want to lose control of the organization, meaning that not that I don't want to come in, but it may be somebody in the ear like, hey, maybe it's not on you to make these certain moves. And look at how the offseason is looking right now. Um, I think that they're doing the right thing because. A lot of teams are going for the super team type of uh, building thing, and I think that they got two of the most complete players in the league. And if they can just add another talent, it doesn't matter who it is, honestly. If they can add another talent, but see, I agree with that. I not because you, I agree with that. Going after Steph Curry, you know that'd be a great shooter to add to the team. Great knockdown shooter. I think last year showed uh, for Portland that he's definitely deserving of being like a six or seven man rotation player. Mm-hmm. I think he shot like 39% last year from three. So it's like, when you look at that, his brother shooting 44, 43. And he's like the, you know, kind of mimicking his brother. So he's not as complete as his brother, but he's definitely a lead shooter like his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely is. I, I, I would go out to a player like that and then even like a... Save your cap, Patrick, exactly. Patrick. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Beverly, if he's, if he's somebody that's willing to take a pace that he wants to back... But me just knowing Patrick Beverly that he's a scrapper, he's a dog, he want to win. Somebody need <laughs> an energy too off the bench. Exactly. So that's why right. I agree because the rumors are reporting now um, 
that Kawhi Leonard is going to meet with them. And this is serious talks, actually, because he wants to meet with Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson. But according to what Stephen A. Smith was reporting, is that um, because Magic Johnson no longer has... Um, official ties meaning business ties as far as being an employee or president or whatever you may have within the lakers organization that he can he can't be there in the conference uh meeting but he will be there via speakerphone like you and um basically this is serious talks now i'm not gonna lie if they get Kawhi and those three I mean, every, after Kawhi, I wouldn't sign no more superstars. Everybody else would just be good, like you said, good filler players who could actually play. No, none of these Michael Beasley type fellas, um, like Tyson Chandler, but he's done. I hate to say it. I see it. He he no longer can run up and down. It's looking kind of bad. Uh, big fan of Tyson Chandler, somebody who played with the Knicks. I believe won the Defensive Player of the Year award with us. Um, did his thing, but um, yeah, it's time to hang it up, man. And um, Kyle Kuzma, they, at least they keep him. But no draft picks, though, bro. That's another thing. What do you think about that? I don't think they really need it. I mean, because when you look at the Lakers, this organization, a lot of people want to play for. So when you when you think about that, like I said, a lot of players only want to take that pick up to play for right now. I mean, it's, when you look at that team, it's not um, you're, you're not looking at them to go get a youthful type of team. They're going to get guys that are... Yeah, play now. Yeah. Yeah, they're they already in. By having players like that, you're basically just putting yourself in, you know, the aspect of winning every year. Even what if they do don't win a championship in the next two years, I feel like in the next, you know, in the four, in the next four years, they'll definitely have uh, another championship that I think what do you think about them um, really considering picking up Carmelo Anthony, who I think, in my opinion, would be a great pickup? Especially because his needs I think that would be the best pick-up for them scoring-wise off the bench because LeBron is one of the greatest teachers that will play basketball. You know, I told you that a lot. I think that's what he has over LeBron, over uh, Kobe and Mike, is that he's a great leader. And he knows how to bring the best out of player. So I think that's that's what he has over them. I think he, he'll be able to groom Melo to be the Melo that we all knew him to be when he came to Syracuse. Because if you look at Melo in Syracuse, he was a system player. He may have scored a lot. But he scored a lot off of defensive plays. He scored a lot off of um, fast breaks and doubling uh, uh, down on a lot of different things that somebody playing this position should play. And I, I looked at his body now. He's not in the same shape that he was in when he came into the NBA. But he but looks good, though. In, uh, good he's shape. Close to he's, he's, in, he's in great shape right now. So I think that he'll be, he'll be a great piece for them to come to the team and uh, add a spark off the bench. And I'm he, not him to come out and put up 20 points at night, but... I was about to say 16 tonight. I agree with you. Um, what people don't understand, too, though, when you're a great player like that, and uh, he's had about almost a year off, those knees feel good. Those legs yeah, feel good. He's rejuvenated, man. He's, yeah, look at him, like when most of these players that are friends with LeBron, they should be taking some of his stuff before on the career, you know, do the things that he's doing to go on the career and basically make it to what they're being. Uh, Jeffrey and Lee Melo should not be out of the league right now. For Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, even even like a Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson's in uh, the big three right now. Yeah, you know, that's another guy to keep. He lighting it up too, man. We're gonna he talk about that. Up. Yeah, I would sign him. Yeah, I would definitely sign him. So yeah. I'm like, you guys just think about that, man. A lot of these teams, it's like
the Mark Jackson blackball shit, you know? Like, I, I feel like when it comes down to it, a lot of these players are getting used and getting, you know, abused in a sense because they're not willing to bow down to what somebody else's idea of what they should be right now. You can't tell Melo that he should be uh, kiss and shoot player when he's never been a kiss and shoot player. Yeah, Dad Tony. Was, but you, as you can see, and I'm glad you, you 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 mentioned that. Let's speak about your hometown, real. Well, not your hometown. Let's talk about your current hometown right now, and that's Houston. And um, besides the whole James Harden and Chris Paul not getting along, which I I knew that was going to happen eventually. Um, I spoke about this. I uh, I think you spoke about it too. And uh, we spoke about it a lot when they um, got rid of Melo. Is that Dan Tony is not going to win you a championship? I don't know what the teams haven't seen in Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix was exciting, but did they win? No, they lost to San Antonio every time. Yeah, they beat the hell out of the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, Show Miles Swift. Okay, uh, Paul Gasol. That that was really it. Uh, Lorenzo Wright wasn't all of that. Like he, he was, he was um injured, and now you switch. I mean, Dan, Dan Tony, Dan Tony's uh, well, I always said that. Yeah, I feel you, like he, he's like, I feel like this. He's like the office coordinator, hundred percent, not a coach at all. Um, you switch it to um New York, then do a damn thing once again, trying to turn um people who weren't deadly shooters into shooters. It just wasn't going to work. Now. We travel fast travel to Houston, and um, a lot. Of, I was shocked because a lot of people were talking about you know James Harden should have won MVP, and I said for what? I said there were games. I believe there were there was a game they were down by like twenty five or something, and James wanted to come in, and it was the game was it was gonna be oh I think it was like quarter uh, left or some some wild wild shit, and he wanted to come in just so he could score his sixty points, and, you know, and I, I hate to say it, man, uh, he passed that. Yeah, he's passed a little better this year. That's because, you know what? The lob looked fancy to Capella. I'm sorry. James Harden is all about flashiness, highlight, dribble, 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 dribble. Of course, that's not going to get along with CP3, who's a point guard, who says the ball should be in my hand. Let me set you up. Let me do this. Remember, if I wasn't hurt, we'd probably beat Golden State the previous year. And, um... He didn't do shit this year. I'm going to keep it real. CP3 didn't play that well. But um, Harden didn't really transfer over the season Harden to play off Harden. So I had to put some of that blame on him as well. To me, they both deserve the same amount of blame. Um, But of course, I'm going to keep Harden over CP3 just because of health. Uh, I don't believe CP3 is worth the contract he has received. Would have been a long time ago. But James Harden right now is the king of Houston. But it's going to be hard. He's he's now the Iverson. I hate to say it. He's more efficient scorer than Iverson. But, he, you know, who can you pair James Harden with? Because there were talks that even Eric Gordon and these guys were a little upset that he did so much dribbling. I want to know your thoughts about, you know, the Houston problems. I'm pretty sure your ears are here to the street because you're already out there in that hot state. Magic City, stand up. But go ahead. Um, Honestly, I think that... He has to change his game completely now. Mm. He's a prolific scorer, but if he does not learn how to play off the picks, down picks, and the hard picks and stuff like that, like Stephen Curry does, he's going to basically uh, start to be, in a sense, like you said, he's going to be a player that is going to be known for um, 
really only known for doing things in the aspect of scoring but with the ball on my hand. You can't score without the ball on your hand. Look at it like a video game. If you need the ball on your hand for you to score, mm-hmm. like nobody can set you up, then how are you helping your team? You know, mm-hmm. you, you basically, you, you're basically crippling your team by making yourself be the main priority and make yourself the main priority then how you really, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, uh, Chris Paul could have been a great asset there, but like I told you the other day, I think Ben Simmons would be the best move for them because Ben Simmons doesn't have to score off a lot of ball handling, mm-hmm. but he's a great pick and roll player. He, yeah. he can set good screens and roll around uh, James Harden and cut to the basket. James getting the easy lob at the end of losing for the pillar. And hey, you know what? And that'll work good. That'll work good for Philly too, because Joel Embiid would feed better off a uh, a point guard that could feed him better and make shots easier for him. So he doesn't have to kill himself because those nights where he does get thirty eight, forty points, he's going full steam ahead and he's dead the next game. So um, I actually think, be honest with you, that's a really good trade for both teams. May not be cap wise for Philly, of course not. I mean, no, no team would be because the the uh, CP3 contract is just outrageous. But you know what? I do think um, that would help them out better. I actually agree with that trade. That's a very good trade. Yeah, so I mean, I just feel like you know, Ben Tony needs to become a coordinator. He's got that mindset that he's a. A guru in a sense. He's, he's no type of guru, man. He doesn't, you know, do anything too spectacular. He literally just hell no, he don't do nothing spectacular. And by having great talent, you're able to you're, you're basically able to uh, make your team look at you as this type of like Phil Jackson type player. He's never, I mean, Phil Jackson type coach, and he's never really been there. Like no, no way. You get great talent. You get great talent. I mean. It doesn't make you a great. It doesn't make you a great coach. Mm-hmm. If you know how to control great talent, it means you know how to control great talent. Look like um, what do they call him? A ringleader for the um circus. That's, that's literally how I look at him. He's like a ringleader. Mm-hmm. He's not no. Prolific type of person. No, he he really he really is it, and I've always said that. And um, if I'm Houston, first of all, the year they shot twenty eight three pointers and missed all twenty eight three-pointers in a row, I'd have got rid of him then. Like, you didn't think after maybe the 10th one, you probably should stop shooting. Like, you you shot us out the game. Like, and here's the thing. Houston isn't blessed with, like, top, with four top three shooters, something like that. Um, James Harden is a good three-point shooter, in my opinion. And I say good because he takes a lot of a lot of volume three-point shots, and he takes a lot of contested three-point shots. So he has a lot of games where he can go one from nine from three. But if he's feeling it, he can go seven from seven. That, to me, doesn't make you a great shooter. It makes you a good shooter. What makes you a great shooter, even better, excellent shooter, is know when to shoot like a Steph Curry. I mean, even though these guys do take the chances and things like that, it's because they know they're elite. But first, when you watch them to get going... And watch how these guys play. They start off with the easy three-pointers first. James Harden will start off with the contested three-pointer just because it's James Harden. And as a shooter, they know, you know what, once I get that first easy one in, the the, the pool turns into a, into a, a pond, the pond turns into an ocean. That's a fact. I mean, it was a game you had in the playoffs, I believe, where you came out shooting horrible and you ended up finishing the game with like 38 points. 
Oh yeah, I think uh, that was, was like, like 1%. Yeah, it was like game like three. I think it was like after he hurt his eye. Yeah, and they was shutting. He was shooting yeah. terrible. But see, that's not a great. That's a, a you know, when you're a streaky shooter, it doesn't make you a great shooter. I remember um Jamal Crawford in his prime when he used to drop fifty. Uh, a lot of people don't know that he's dropped fifty a few times with Chicago and with the Knicks. And those were the games he was lighting it up. Didn't make him a great shooter because the very next game he'd go for something like two for fifteen, two for eighteen. He was a streaky shooter. Streaky doesn't make you great. Streaky is saying, yo, if I'm hot, I'm hot. That's it. Um, you know, if I'm cold, I'm cold. I mean, we've seen Steph Curry, even in, I think, the game he walled out against the Raptors, when they shut him down in the first half, and then all of a sudden in the third quarter, he erupts for 30 points. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, and, but mind you, this man is getting, you know, the Calvin Johnson Megatron coverage. He's getting tripled and, and, and quadruple teamed, you know. So, to still be able to shoot those shots, I guarantee I'm being real. Anybody else who had to play against that type of coverage, that type of size, is not shooting the percentage Steph Curry is shooting. So, you got to look up to him as really as him and Clay as one of the greatest shooters. And Dame Lillard, too, who stepped up and showed that in the postseason, that he got range, too. That he went out and bought his ass a bazooka. In the last off season, and it is working. He bought he bought a couple bazookas. Then he went and bought some uh, M16s for Marlon Bagley. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard uh, the bars they would give each other. But, you know, Dame Dame spanked him like a, like a grown man. It was a grown man. You know, I, I like that. I, I like that. You know, the essence that they're bringing back to basketball. Oh yeah, that that anger, that yeah, that aggressiveness. Because I'm be real with you, um. And this really would what, what made me a huge Dame Lillard fan after this. I've always been since he got drafted. No lie, I've been watching that boy since college. I've always been a Dame Lillard fan, and that was one of the reasons I even got NBA league pass. So I could watch some Portland games, him in LA. But the way he took out Westbrook, and less and less, I hate to say, over the years, I became less of a Westbrook fan because his. his I still like to watch him play, but sometimes. You know, just put his foot in his mouth a little too much. And I was one who was looking forward to that series, and I'm glad it went the way it did. I just see you, Dame Lillard, don't even say nothing, just waving bye-bye. That said it all to me. Bye-bye. I mean, he really, he really, I mean, the essence of like an Oakland champ. I mean, you know anybody in Oakland, you know, they're confident in themselves, but they're cocky confident. Like, it's not like they're trying to throw it in your face. Yeah, like, but he's more like, of a humble, though, um... Confident Dame. Dame, Dame didn't like when they beat him, like game two, whatever. He said, Yo, we still got two more to go. That's it. Like, he's not looking right there. Like, he's a humble, confident. That's the difference between him and Westbrook. Westbrook's an out and cocky, confident, you know. And uh, it looks great when you win, but poor sportsmanship when you lose. And I, I'm the alpha one. I was enjoying watching Dame Lillard whip his ass. And don't get it twisted. I, I do like to watch the Thunder play because I do like PG 13. Uh, that shoulder injury really derailed him at the end of his career uh, season because he was really doing his shit. But um, that was one of the good good series of <laughs> the playoffs, man. And hey, yo, we got to finish y'all. And one of the things I was telling the fans, man, we're gonna have this playoff recap, man, where we got to talk about what happened in the playoff and the finals, man. We got to break it down better than Kobe. It's two of us. It's only one mama. Straight up, man. But um, also, where do you think Kawhi would land, man? It's almost six o'clock. It is Sunday, so um, it's two seventeen, and we got a few more hours so people can officially hey, sign. I'm gonna say it like this: to all the fans out there, when you hear this, just know that I was right when I say this. Y'all 
there's only a person you can go, but they have two teams, and I'll leave it at that. Hmm. You know, I was hearing some, you know, so many rumors that if Kyrie's trying to recruit people and uh, KD and Kawhi spoke about going yeah, to, respect for Kyrie, so to the Lakers. Yeah, I think nobody's really respected him. And um, I'm tell you like this, he'd be stupid to go to Brooklyn by himself. Is You know, Kyrie's looking at, he's looking like one of those superstars that just end up going rogue where... A good talent, but just couldn't stay on the team because you know what? Kyrie's becoming. We look at him off the court, and we look at how he's growing as a person. He's becoming like a monk. Yeah, he saying. does. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's like namaste and all that. He believes the earth is flat. Right. And I yeah, think that's making a lot of people be turned off from those, his leadership because if you're about peace, you need to lead with peace. Kyrie didn't lead with peace in Boston. It's either he has a blow stuff up. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you on that. Um, I hope it doesn't have nothing to do with his complexion, but Gordon Haywood has gotten more chances of the cat with nine lives. It's uh, it's crazy because there are reports that players who were guarding against him realized how terribly slow he was. Um, anonymous players speaking that said that um, he shouldn't have even been out there. Yeah. That's, that says a lot. Um. He had a devastating injury. And uh, he wasn't the most athletic guy from the jump. Uh, he wasn't PG-13. And if I'm going Haywood, he could already shoot. You might have to just become like a great spot-up shooter, Kyle Corver. That's what most guys end up doing who lose their athleticism. And no, that is not a race thing because, yes, black players do it, do, do it too, excuse me, uh, such as Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Jason Kidd. These guys lose their athleticism and they try to become better shooters. That's what you're supposed to do because, you know what, you want longevity in the game. And um, so if I'm Gordon Haywood, need to work on that shot. Um, Derek Fisher, I remember he had that bad knee injury. Derek Fisher wasn't always known as um, even as a decent shooter. Had that bad knee injury, started coming back, became a good shooter. That's what you want to be. Yeah, that turnaround hit after after um Tim Duncan hit his, and uh, I think it was point four seconds on the clock. I couldn't believe it. And ran right the hell off the court. And Shaq said, when they asked him, I still remember what he said. I watched the game live. I said, what you think about that? He said, one lucky shot deserves another. <laughs> Barbecue chicken. And that's how that goes, yo. And uh, <laughs> that's how we going to go. <laughs> hey, yo, it feels good to be back. Um, it is Sunday. I'm definitely going to try to drop this episode tonight for you guys from Monday. And um, look forward to later on this week. 
the recap. We have to talk about what happened in the playoffs and the finals and just a breakdown. Was it a fluke that the Raptors won? Was it health? Was it injuries? Can one man and role players beat a so-called super team? Things we got to talk about that. You know, um, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, the Milwaukee choke. Do you see an improvement in Giannis' game when it came to the postseason, or did he digress? A lot we got to talk about because, you know what, all these things lead into the what? The next season. It definitely does. And because we were gone, we didn't get the recap. We definitely won't speak about that, man. Uh, man, what do you think about the playoffs anyway this year that happened? I think we're going to have the best shows here in a while. I think, you know, overall, it, it was probably what I expected coming into the playoffs. Uh, I definitely thought the one I was going to be in the championship. But I didn't expect them to win the way they did in that fashion. But I think it worked out. I think that the lead needs to understand it, who he is as a player. Mm. And he needs to understand that if he doesn't lead the team, they're going to succeed every year. But, you know, even with Giannis, Giannis had a, you know, a decent year. And Giannis, uh, I won't say crumbled, but, you know, he kind of broke down at the end. Yeah. And he broke down because he doesn't understand. Just because I can score anybody doesn't mean that I'm always supposed to score. As a great scorer, you become a, a great passer. Yeah, IQ you know has to come with the game. By moving the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And he going to get into that, though. Now, we're going to get into the next episode next week, but, yo, hope you guys like this. Make sure you drop a line and check us out. Don't forget, we are back better than ever. Tell us if you like the new intro. And um, love, peace, and hair grease, man. Anything you want to say to the people? Man, stay blessed, stay positive, and, man, enjoy this off season because it's going to be the best so far. What's up, you know, um... day and every day listen to the words of the wise and we out one who who said they run that <laughs> that was a good one either they too big or they too small Los.
this is Loma from Loma Creates on Instagram, where we personalize mugs, t-shirts, decals, and much more. Check out our Instagram store for custom gift ideas. You're listening to Thin Line Between Sports and Hate with Charlie Brown. It just happened to be a day of free agency. A day I kind of dreamed of a little bit, but not too much ever since we lost Tyon Williamson. But there was still that glimmer of hope. Just not for the right New York team. And um, <laughs> with me on this um, sadness and uh, all the free agency that's been going around is uh, welcome back to A Trends, man. He's back. And. Uh, He's got a lot of gears to be grinding, and um, <laughs> like to call grinding, grinding my gears for eight turns. And please let the people know what pissed you off about what the Knicks did this free agency. I'm gonna just let you uh, handle the podium. Let me get off the podium real quick. Uh, well, first and foremost, we need the theme music going. Oh, man. <laughs> you already know what to play. Yeah. <laughs> That's already in the background. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, The most frustrating part about it is um, just (laughs) being a Knicks fan and having hope. Uh, I'm pretty sure that... What is that? I I don't even know what that is no more, being a Knicks fan. What is... is, I think that word doesn't even exist no more. It's... it's, (sighs) It's what we, we we keep getting sold, but um, uh, yeah, that that's the most frustrating part about it is um, and I, I think initially when we first started talking about this, I'm pretty sure I said uh, um when we talked about the Chris Stapps trade, I'm pretty sure I mentioned that I'm <laughs> I was sure the Knicks are gonna find a way to fuck this up anyway, and they did. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back in the archives. Just cut that out and just add that in here real quick as a sound bite. This is going to be one of my sound bites for the next few episodes. That's <laughs> how badly the Knicks fuck. After. You, but you know what gets me though real quick, bro? I will say this. Is that everybody's like, oh, see, man, we traded Chris Stops, man, blah, 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 blah. But these were the same people who were like, yeah, get him out of here. He's soft and everything. So I understand we didn't like KD. But like yeah. you also said, I believe you said we had this. We swung for a home run. We, we swung for the passes. It's just we became Papa Posada. Like a home run, it really did. So, you know, it all got out. Got out the sun's glare, and um, ball game is over, man. Like I, I'm not still too mad because at the end of the day, Kristaps did not want to be here. Everyone sending cryptic tweets like "Don't join the Knicks organization," which hey, true, we all fucked up. Don't get it twisted. You know, but like that kid with the um, with the messed up parents, but he's still having a slumber party. I want you to still come over. But hey, it's my party. I still want you to come over. So we're, we're kind of like that, man. But uh, tell me, what, what pissed you off most? And I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. It starts with a D. The last, at least his last name does. Yeah, it's 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 all it all it all comes down to James Dolan. I mean, we're the biggest city in the country. 
Um, we had enough space to give every to give people max money and tell them, hey, not only do we have max money, but you can pick another max player that you want to team up with and come over here. Uh, we have a huge market. We have sponsorship opportunities. We have a city that is starved, starved for anyone to come over and win us a championship, and you instantly become a legend. We have all of these things and other things you know it's 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 this big city where um you're not gonna get bored living here you know um you'll be famous as yo kim noah yeah you'll be famous but you know like um there's plenty of famous people around new york so like you won't necessarily get mobbed everywhere that you go so like there's enough things for you to do to be entertained and you know new york is just as a city is a destination so you have all of these things working for you um, you know, you're one of the most famous franchises in the league. And even still, with all these pluses, yeah. it's just one big negative cloud that just hangs over us. And that's James Dolan. And uh, the one good thing about Dolan is that he's willing to spend money to really try to fix it. The bad thing is that he's just too dumb to really understand how to fix this. Oh, 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 you mean like spending money on um Wayne Ellington and uh Reggie Bullock and um and Phil Jackson and Larry Brown and oh Stephon Marbury and Anthony Hardaway when he but was you know, man, up in the Steve franchise and, and uh, Glenn Rice, Tracy McGrady, Antonio McDice. Uh, can we keep going? Mary Stoudemire. Um, but you know what's crazy, man? I'm gonna always love Amari, man. Because he can't. He gave his heart and soul. Yeah, but he, I mean. Had one fucking knee. He <laughs> a cut. My only gripe, like, bruh, you got one knee, half a he, knee. He tried. He tried. He I mean, God bless his heart. He tried. Damn, but. I don't give a damn if we. See, that was the year when I wouldn't have been mad if we didn't sign nobody. You thought we missed on like LeBron and all those guys, Chris Bosch and all of them. The big three and stuff came. But to sign a man on one leg and no hate, Amari balled out. Yeah, for like a month. <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to last. Every time he dunked, it's just, oh my God, my knee. You thought it was your knee. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this year, I'm saying not going to sign nobody. No, Dolan promised us two. But I'm going to tell you this, like we spoke a little earlier. While, a while back, when they said, um, hey, how do you know the, the New York team they're not talking about is the Brooklyn Nets? I said, oh, it's a wrap. Kevin Durant, I mean with Kyrie, because Kyrie at KD, we knew was a package deal. Um, I wasn't listening to the rumors. Or they were saying, oh, Kawhi, KD, thinking about going to L.A., and I'm like, no, 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 he's teaming up with Kyrie. And when Kyrie refused to, I mean, we didn't even get a meeting with him. At least, I think we got a meeting with Kawhi, but damn, KD didn't want to meet with us, man. He said, nope, um, but I think I had to go straight to the Brooklyn Bridge, please. Uh, we need to go to Atlantic Avenue. But I, I think everything changed. Well, first and foremost, everything changed with the draft night. Um, draft night... When New Orleans ended up with number one pick, jumping up from like the ninth or eleventh place pick that they had, you know that pretty much sealed it. That you know they were going to trade AD, 
and you know the whatever trade chip the Knicks could get, it was just going to be less because it was either we gonna if we had the first pick, we were either going to get Zion or we were going to be able to trade him to New Orleans to get AD. So, yeah. So that would have been that would that would have been that would have been a reason for KD to come over. So that flew out the window. Yeah, once that flew, yeah, that flew out the window. Then, um, then on top of that, I think the injury had a big part of it too. Because if he was determined to leave Golden State, and he wanted to carry the, I mean, the way he was balling out, and he felt this way before this year, but like during his playoffs, he was really making the statement of you know. I'm that dude. I am. Um, yeah, that I am the best player in the NBA. And if he would have gone into free agency healthy and feeling that way, then he might have looked at the Knicks and said, "You know what? Yeah, I could carry this team to the to the East with Because I'm the best player in the world. You can't make that mistake with us. We have the media. Though I was trying to, you know, explain this to our good friend Nate, who so I'm joining us uh, later in episodes. Says he's gonna come on, but he was me and him were talking and um. He was saying, uh, we were talking, and I told him, I said, listen, I said, even though they're both New York teams, because he was saying, oh, the media doesn't matter, they're both New York. I said, no, no, it does. It does. You will get way more scrutinized. If D'Angelo Russell had had the year he had with the Knicks, you, you can't tell me it wouldn't be different. No, it, it's different in the sense that, it's different in the same in the sense that um, if it's D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn, you know, it's still sort of the same media circus, but it'll be less intensified because it's Brooklyn. But now because it's KD and he's an A1 superstar, like, they're going to cover him like he was in the Knicks now because he's just one of the best players in the league. He's, but can you imagine if KD came to the Knicks instead of Brooklyn? No, yeah, he's, he's going to get all that co- all that coverage that he was going to get in the Knicks. He's going to get in Brooklyn yeah, so because, he's, he's, because he's KD. He, he still will because he's KD. Yeah. Such as Russ, but it's still a different media market because he, let's say, if he never comes back, let's say he comes back at least 75%. That's still good to put 20 points up a night, 25, right? If he KD shooting well, because he's a shooter, he's going to have longevity in this league regardless. He's just got to get the lift up, you know, from this nasty injury. And saying that, has more of a window to say, let's get real the fuck up. As in New York, when he comes back, okay, bro, you got you got six months. Uh, I mean, you came back um, April, okay, yeah, we better see some improvement by November. No, I mean, he he, he was going to get more scrutiny, and it's, it would have not have been his fault, but he would have got more scrutiny just because it's the Knicks, and the Knicks have that history. Exactly what I'm saying. The but, media market is still different. And though we are still New York teams, if Brooklyn was a championship, yes, it is. It will still be awesome because it brings it to New York, but it will not be as on on, on a grand scale as if the Knicks won the championship. This is, I still, he, you know, he, I told him, I said, this is still a mecca. You know, you gotta agree, this is the mecca. This right here is still what you consider a historic franchise. Yes. The new players may not know because within the last 20 years, the Knicks have been irrelevant except for maybe the one or two seasons that Melo <clears throat> brought us to the playoffs, and that's about it. But other than that, we really have been um, a shitty and poorly ran organization. It's, it's ever since Dolan got here. But um, to bring it back a little bit, like, <laughs> after that injury, I believe that, I mean, if we're going to try to get into KD's head, 
and the most sensible approach to all of this, you're thinking, um, all right, if I haven't been injured, then I could go to the Knicks and I could carry them because, you know, I'm still thinking I'm the best player in the league. I'm invincible. I could do anything. But after he got hurt and Kyrie having the injury history that he, that he does, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're looking at both rosters and they're looking at both organizations, and they're like, uh, you know, uh, the Knicks got a couple of young pieces and maybe they could trade that to something else. But, you know, as an organization, I can't trust them to bring me role players that will be able to cover for us when we're not feeling good. You look at New Jersey. Well, I New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, they got Dinwiddie. They got LeVert. They got, they got Allen. Uh, they got Allen. They got, they got Harris. Yeah, so they got some young pieces. He's pretty good. Me. Yeah, they got they got pieces, so they can be like, yeah, they can feel like you know, I, you know, I, it's still a New York team. I'll have that city, and but also like, at least I know I have pieces there to back me up. Like I'm I'm coming back from injuries, I might not be able to carry it for a while, so it makes more sense for me to go there. I can't just blame James Dolan completely because you know what? I can't. I blame him because everything starts at the top. You signed Scott Perry. <clears throat> you signed Fizdale, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. These are the guys who gave you that discussed the money. Uh, we let DeAndre Jordan go, who um, made an interesting point. DeAndre Jordan, a freaking Kevin Durant, and what do you do towards the end of the season? You bench this man. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You got to look at also the next way they just signed. I mean, listen, I like Todd Gibson, but the Warriors just signed Willie Conley-Stein. I would have picked Willie Conley-Stein way over Todd Gibson. Now, at this point, I, at this point, I, now, I mean, at this point, I just think they just want people to be solid veterans. You know, I understand the two-year contracts because, you know what, the Knicks I have, if they're trying to get trade pieces, because, you know what, <clears throat> excuse me again, I try to think on um, both sides of the coin. And the way I see it is that, okay, we sign these people who are decent role players to two-year contracts. So if next year, if they're doing somewhat good, blah, 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 let's say some of these players, uh, Bullock didn't do too bad on the Lakers last year coming off the bench where he got signed. So now it takes you some of these players actually have a chance to sit there and show if they can um, prove, you know, prove that they can be in the NBA. Now, if they do somewhat good, not only do you have expiring contracts, which a lot of teams would like to take during the trade to relieve cap, but say if some of these players actually do well, their stock goes up. So, I mean, the Knicks, once again, still swinging for the fences. You know, I mean, this is not a for sure thing. This is a... Um, Hard down the road plan to me. Um, like I said, it's kind of good because you got a lot of you'll have a lot of expiring contracts come next season. But who are you gonna load them off to? That's the point. Because we're we're the two idiots that are load up all um, expiring contracts just to get Chris Paul and John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, shit like. And I mean, we had a, we had an opportunity to trade for Chris Paul and we didn't take it. So in that aspect, at least we're improving a little bit. But this is all right. So the honest to God truth is our mistake is that we're we're getting too delusional in thinking that um, we're New York, so we deserve to be able to just sign free agents. It's not and like that's that. A, yeah, and and the thing 
we, we can't keep going with that attitude. So the honest to God truth is they ought to take the attitude to start building a team like like an Indiana, like a Milwaukee. Start building a team Portland. with young assets where you think that you're not going to be able to sign a free agent. Because the honest to God truth is you haven't been able to do it. The, the last one we able to got was Amari Stoudemire before that, Allen Houston. So we've never been able to sign a big free agent. Yeah, so, yeah we'll be honest with you. Real so, I don't we, know free agent we signed so we need we need to stop thinking that we're just going to attract people simply because we're new york they need to take the attitude to start building like a milwaukee or indiana teams like that where they say look we don't have much chances to lure free agents so we just need to build from the ground up and, and develop it that way then on the off chance that you after you know hopefully you might Get like a Malcolm Brogdon type player, players like that. Once you get those kind of pieces, maybe on the right year you might be able to attract the Kawhi Leonard or something like that. Maybe, but if you're just gonna keep saying we're gonna um, empty out the books so that we can lower two or three big free agents, it's not gonna work. It hasn't worked for us. It's not going to work. We need to stop thinking that it's going to work. Build the team up through young, smart moves, same way that Brooklyn did. And I'm, I know that Brooklyn is sort of, um, they're an exception because they didn't really have, they didn't really have like a whole bunch of high draft picks. Um, they really didn't do it with much free agency money. They just built the, yeah, they just built up solid role players and developed. Yeah. Because you got a guy like Jared Allen. Okay. Um, Probably anywhere else, or maybe unlike a team, if he doesn't go to San Antonio or a team who doesn't give him the burn or could develop him, he's nothing because he's really just a center who's defensive, um, not the best rebounder, but can grab boards, great shot blocker. But he's a great shot blocker. Era, if you're a center that can't shoot at least a fifteen to twenty footer, you kind of don't last long in this NBA. But it's just the truth. I mean, people, um, jerk the Joker, um, Denver Center, or what's his name, Nicolo, uh, whatever his name Jokic. is. Jokic. Yeah, Jokic, they'll pick Jokic over him. Um, no, of course, Jokic is like was an MVP candidate, bro. <laughs> but that's but he, what can he do as a center though very well? That explores the um. Chris Porzingis, Anthony Davis. Uh, no, no, but those those are all ra- those those are all rare talents. What we need now is just to develop players that know what they're doing and just be solid pros. Well, most centers now can, nowadays can shoot, bro. Hassan yeah. White, um, Miles Turner. I mean, I can keep going to with the centers that can. But would you no. like to play development? But that comes back to what I'm saying too. With uh, now Fizdale. Because there was a lot I didn't like with the Knicks last season as far as lineups, as far as letting uh, players play. I thought Knox should have got a lot more burn. Um, I didn't think, if you know, you weren't going to keep Trey Burke and these guys. I know you got to showcase them, <clears throat> excuse me, every now and then, but they don't deserve that much time. You're trying to get some of these players to burn. And to be honest with you, Trey, who was not drafted, and uh, Mitch Robinson, who was a uh, second round pick, they outplayed Knox. In my opinion, they did a few games here and there. That was good. But these were guys who probably wouldn't be on most teams' radar. Probably damn near most of the NBA, but they got a chance and they did their thing. But it was a lot of times where I thought, you know, lineups were bad. And um, this is the year, really. A lot of people say, "Oh, you can't really judge them last season." Blah blah blah. 
which is true. Okay, I give him the pass last season, but this is the season, and I want to see some real player development. I don't want to see the same knocks. I, uh, Mitch Robinson has has a J. I want to see him shoot a little bit more and post up, and not just you know always going for the lob city. I we guard heavy now, so Dennis Smith Jr. And power forward. <laughs> we we signed all the power forwards. We signed all the all those old Chicago Bulls power forwards. We got Richie Bullock, uh, R.J. Barrett, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilakila. I think is still on contract, if I'm not mistaken. Wayne Ellington. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, once again, it's, it's ridiculous, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah, we also got Bobby Portis. We got. Guys like Ellington for I mean they're a better I'd rather I'd rather sign back Mario Hazonia who played well or if I'm gonna give somebody a two year contract and you know I'm gonna trade for expiring but Mario Hazonia showed he could play ball like what has Wayne Ellington done you know I I just I don't know I'm I'm baffled but we can kill the Knicks all day in in this segment um let's get to some of these other free agent signings man that happened man and um. Guys, the Knicks doing bad. And as we just stated, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are now Brooklyn Nets. But it just doesn't work out like that. Golden State was able to convince Kevin Durant, hey, man, just, just don't leave us like that, bro. Just, you know what I mean? How, how, how about we do a little sign of trade, man? Just a little sign of trade. And with that, they get D Russ and letting go um, Iguodala to Memphis Grizzlies, who I think they'll let him go. Most likely, will probably buy him out. But I like the fact that Golden State picked um, Kali Stein and D. Russ up. I'm curious to see how that goes. What you, what's your thoughts on D. Russ going to Golden State now? Um, it makes the backcourt very undersized with him and Steph Curry while Clay is out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, at least it gives them an offensive pop, man. I mean, you saw during the playoffs how every t- like, well, not every team, but Toronto was able to run a box and one against Golden State because, you know, everybody knew nobody on the floor could shoot right now except the staff. And they would send double and triple teams his way, and there really wasn't much they can do about that. Yeah. So, at the very least, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, you know what, though? I like about D. Russ. He gives some pop. Yep, and he's an animal, man. He showed that even in the playoffs, man, it's takeover mode, man. Ice in the veins. And um, what I like is that him, excuse me, him going to Golden State is going to me to me make him a better uh um a better shooter as far as percentage goes, as far as shot selection. Because I believe being in um a good team like <clears throat> excuse me, like the Nets, who have obviously good play development, they developed the shit out of him. And now you go to Golden State to get, you know, laminated. So you can be framed up and put on the wall. He's going to be per- perfected. That's what I believe is going to happen. I look, definitely is going to be an undersized backcourt, but um, Portland makes it work. Uh, and to be honest with you, Clay's not the tallest guy. He's legit 6'6". No. Six, six. Um, so... Um, it's going to be undersized, but this kid can ball, man, and he's young. So they did get younger. They didn't get older. Uh, also, Looney, I believe he got three years, 15 mil. He deserved that. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Looney fan. What about he deserved, he de- well, Looney deserved more, first of all. Any other team would pay that man more. That man can ball the hell out, bro. Yeah, and and that's that's sort of like a Jared Allen player where where he just knows his role and he just does what he does. He's not trying to do anything extra. Yeah, though, Looney man, he's gotten every year. But like you said, knows his role and just does what he does. No complaint. 
Yeah, and like the, the the biggest difference is obviously is, is Clay's not there, and even if Clay is not the tallest of tall, but he still guards everybody from Damian Lillard to people that are six nine. So and he's an elite defender, so it, that automatically makes a difference. But I mean, yeah, they need another another player that can score. He at least creates those opportunities, and it doesn't leave it all on Steph. He's going to. He's a better. He's a. He could definitely go to the lane and finish better than him. Um, him and uh, Clay and Steph with uh, with no problem. Here's my thing. Like you said, uh, you mentioned real quick the shooters. If Draymond was shooting like he was two years ago, that series still would have been different. I've seen so many threes he shot that hit the side of the rim with just airballed. I, I I don't know if he was hanging out with Markel's fault or uh, maybe that's his fault, but. He just lost it. He was never a shooter, but he could knock him down decently from outside the time. Like him and Westbrook, just they just progressively getting worse. They're not getting better. And these were guys who, um, you, you, um, you, um, you probably after they hit one or two threes, you know why I can't leave this guy open. Now you're like, okay, I'm gonna leave this guy. Open. He, I'm gonna leave him open for the whole damn game. He's gonna have to really show me. He can shoot, especially Westbrook, who's on who's on determined to show you he can shoot. But <laughs> definitely work on he gotta work on that jumper, man. And um you th- you see Golden State falling off, like everybody says? Um, it depends. It really depends on Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers and it's pretty much a wrap for everybody oh, else. It's a, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Before we get into the Kawhi talk about it, Really want to get into that. Um, or what, what you call it? Uh, I believe Seth Curry also got signed to the Dallas Mavericks. I like Seth Curry, man. What do you think about him? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can see he's scrappy and he can shoot. He knows his role. He's not going to do anything stupid. Um, he's going to do his job and he's going to do it professionally. Now, obviously, you know, you can't compare it to his brother because they just have the same last name, say like skin, but you know. <laughs> sure. Than Dominique Wilkins, okay? Yeah, well, but jump and give Jesus a high five. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, but you know he's he's a really good player. I like Seth. All right, man. What do you think about Philly, man? They are let Jimmy go. Tobias Harris, who I didn't think they should have signed because to me he just didn't fit in the system. Big difference from when he was on the Clippers when he got traded to the Clippers um, to Philly. So, um, I do like the acquisition of Al Horford because that's um, one of the few big men who gives Joel Embiid some serious problems. Not, not just Joel Embiid, but he also played Giannis really good, too. So, yeah, good too. so stay, that, that was, I thought it was a good pickup. But tell me overall what you think about uh, Philly. You still trusting the process after the free agency signings? Yeah, it, it all comes down to Joel Embiid and his health and him getting back into shape. If he does that, then, you know, there's at times where, where Joel Embiid is the best player in the NBA. He's really that good. But it's all about him getting into shape and him staying healthy. If he would have been good and healthy for that um, Toronto series, there's a good chance they beat Toronto. But he was he was dinged up for like two or three games. And, you know, two or three games in a seven-game series, that, that can mean everything. Of course, you real tall. Yeah, so, you know, it all depends on his health. But the most, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because that is a huge-ass lineup. Those are some big boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, be the, um, not only are they big boys, 
you know, difference between their big boys and Milwaukee big boys is that these big boys can shoot, can score. Damn near, you know, they're more versatile when it comes to their offense, you know, and they can play defense. So you're dealing with some real 2K archetype here really in, in Philly right now, man. These boys are some some stretch, some post-scoring athletics, you know what I'm saying? But stretch, you know, um, you know they'll 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 struggle they'll struggle to guard the 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 little the little point guard that can score. Yeah, of course. Because 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 they they don't have Jimmy Butler and um you know um who did they pick up from Miami? They picked up um I know because I know Hassan one side. I forgot what team he going to. No, Hassan is going to Portland. Um, pick up was in um it was a wing. I forgot the name. I. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but yeah, like the, the, the oh. who? No, because Jimmy going to Miami. Yeah, Jimmy going to Miami, but they're getting they're getting a player from Miami back. JJ Reddy. It wasn't not, not Magruder. Um, oh, Josh Richardson. Yeah, Josh Richardson. There you go. Sorry, Josh Richardson. Damn good player, man. What's yeah, another organization that has good player development? Yeah, he's a he's a really solid defender. So you know, he can score. His scoring has gotten better over the years, definitely. And so, uh, so, some highlight dunks up too, man. Oh so, so, so if you got Richardson and you got Simmons and you got Tobias Harris and you got Al Horford and you got Joel Embiid all on the floor at the same time, he's like six, what seven, six, six. He's he he'd be the smallest guy on the floor for Philly, and he he's not tiny. Feet. Look at that lineup right there, man. That's a good, that's a very damn good lineup, man. Yeah, those are, those are big guys. Like, it, not, the only thing is that they they might struggle with speed, but those are really big dudes. So it's going to be interesting to see them work it all together. They'll cover every spot on the floor in the half court set. Tell you that much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they work it all together. What do you think about Jimmy going to Wade County? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody there really. I, I mean. When I- I was going. I say so, but you know what? That's what Jimmy wanted. Yeah, own team, and now he's going to run his own team. So, yeah, I mean, it, it make it makes sense. It makes sense for Jimmy because it's his own team, and on top of that, like in terms of like the culture, like you know that with Spo and with Pat Riley, they really want people that are going to work hard and you know have that kind of attitude where they like I'm devoted to playing ball and I want to win. So in terms of that, like Miami's the right place for him in that respect. But they they just don't have like enough players to make it like make the winning happen. If they can pick up another piece, then you know they'd be a lot more interesting. But with, with what they have there, and you add Jimmy, it's, it's not going to make it something. Hell no, man. Definitely not. So, um, question. A lot of people are talking about this, but I wanted to bring this up with me and you. I haven't heard any anybody talking about, you know, how's Boston going to do now that they lost two of their top players. To me, two top players, to be honest with you, because Tatum and Jayla Brown had a better season. Uh, that everything depends on um, Jason Tatum's development. <laughs> Everything, yeah, everything depends on Tatum's development and how how Hayward comes back from the injury. Oh, he's over. Um, I mean, you gotta give him, yeah, you gotta give, you gotta give him one more year. He need to be Corver just shoot. <laughs> now you need to give him one more year because it typically takes you about two years to recover from an injury like that. Like Paul George took a couple of years before he was back to being Paul George. He became better. Now, I took Paul George came back solid. 
and then just ripped it. He ain't take it. I mean, yeah. he only played one year in um, Indiana after that injury. Then he had to so yeah. Yeah. It's been almost two years for Mr. Haywood. No, this will be his second year coming up. So, mm. That's so, right. Yeah, and, and then, like, last year, like, um, everybody's role got diminished because they just had so many players that they wanted to, to play at the wing, like, that everybody kind of, like, the only one constant you knew was that Kyrie was going to have the ball and Kyrie was going to put up shots. But everybody else, like... Had to take back seats to that. So, like, even with Hayward, so he, he was just going to struggle to find his role in his proper on place. But now with those two guys out of the way, you know, maybe he can take on a little more and feel more comfortable and develop again. So you got to see how he does after the, he comes back from the injury. See, when you say something like that, you know what I hear? Bad coaching. Not saying he's <laughs> a bad coach, because uh, I think Brad Stevens is a great coach. Um, but... To me, I'm sorry. Um, Jimmy Gate Haywood time when he didn't need it. Uh, not playing Rozier more. Um, the lack of player development, as you can see in Jason Tatum's game. Um, you know, it's crazy. Somebody had mentioned on, I think it was Sports Center or Fox Sports, one of those, uh, when um, Knox had his 30 point game. Somebody said, Do you know Jason Tatum has not scored 30 points yet? I said, Wow, that's crazy. I say you know, it's a bad thing, but it was just interesting to me. I was like, wow, because he, he has some some really good games. I'm looking, looking 28, 28, 29 and a half. But, 29. Uh, but if, I'm not I'm not ready to call Brad Stevens a bad coach. Um, this this I just said last season. I got to call. Listen, everybody has one every once in a while a hiccup, and I just think uh, when it came to. The lineup situation, he was just like, okay. Uh, but, like, last – last Give it a copy. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Yeah, but last, last season was the first time he was facing that sort of situation where he had, like, a re- like really a glut of talent. Used to that. I know. When you go hey, – like The uh, butler, was it? That he brought to the um, – He brought to, to, to the to finals. The yeah, to the yeah, finals. To- Correct, and if I'm not yeah, mistaken, going- Butler's first time in history, right? Yeah, against Duke. But yeah, like, so it, he like, said, and there was no talent. Who was the star there? Gordon Hayward. Um, but um, like that's part of being an NBA coach is um, besides the X's and O's and when to call timeouts and drawing plays, like and developing players. You, you a big part of it is you have to learn how to manage egos. And last year was the first time that he had to learn how to, like, juggle and manage all those egos. So, you're asking young and up-and-coming players like Tatum and Jalen Brown to Mm. take steps back in their game when they're young and developing, when usually that's something that you would ask a veteran. Like, you would ask somebody like Iguodala, like, you know, you've been in the league for 12 years. Do you mind if you take a step back, focus more on defense, take less shots so the team can develop? But And, you know, by that point, a veteran is like, you know, I've done a lot of things. So, yeah, I can do that. But they were asking young kids to do that. And, you know, a Morris brother who's going into a free agent contract situation. And Rozier, who knows he's going to be a free agent. So I know he can ball. Yeah. So, and they're all like, you know, like, I, I really don't want to do this because right now is really when I'm supposed to be developing and upticking. So, you know, the, the roster, there was just too much on the roster. And, you know, he just had a hard time juggling it all. 
But, you know, now that things got cleared up a little bit, hopefully they got more defined roles and they develop a little better and they can do a little better. But everything all hinges on Tatum, Brown, and how um, Gordon Hayward comes back from the injury. If they can figure that out, then, you know, I I have faith that Stevens can make it work. And you heard it first. There you go, man. Off-season madness. And we still don't know where Kawhi is going. Yeah, nobody knows nothing. Nobody knows nothing. And maybe this, Uncle Dennis. Yeah, maybe Uncle Dennis. And this is where I dropped the Kawhi laugh. Maybe Chris Carter, who swear he knows everything. Uh, <laughs> he just be standing in that glass of gin too long. But um, as you see, uh, crowd about the Knicks. Use the uh, cases of Kleenex. Um, probably gonna use um a lot more as soon as the season starts. But uh, summer league is gonna start soon. I guess for the first game, RJ Barrett versus Zion Williamson. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And um, Trends, man, got to have you back on the show, man. Got to have you back. man. Man, and um, as we always like to do, shout out to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you. Shout out to Logan Grace, Custom Cakes. You know, uh, Sloyd Butler, Nick, Terry. Shout out to all y'all. You know what I mean? Everybody who be listening to the show. And don't forget, we got merchandise coming soon. And um, we definitely back. And uh, stay tuned. More all-season madness coming in. You can out this week's sports to hate. Say something to the people, hey. Life is sad as a Knicks fan. <laughs> then you make lemonade. <laughs> All right, now Shadamas. Holla! important it is to get the perfect manicure whether it's for a relaxing day with the girls a big night out on the town or a special occasion you want a flawless manicure for everyday use which let's be honest we all need to look beautiful every day check out ny2calinails.com for all of our custom nails online our other sponsor substance custom cakes brings you a variety of cupcake desserts whether you have your own idea or just want to satisfy your sweet tooth, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Substance Custom Cakes. AKA Big Shaq. Now that's the difference between first and last play. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Okay. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Okay, everybody. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. I'm a oh, yeah. And we are back for one last part. It seems like every time I want to drop this episode, more off-season madness comes. And um, it don't come no better than this right now. As my man Floyd has said earlier, the power in the NBA is now balanced. Because Kawhi Leonard is joining L.A. Not the Lakers, but the Clippers. And oh, oh, he's bringing a buddy with him too. 
And guess what? This buddy comes rated PG-13. Yes, folks. Him and Paul George are going to become LA Clippers. That is crazy. Um, and here to join me talk about this is no other. State your name, please. One last time for the people that What's good, man? Well, I don't know, man. I'm 2K. They call me Paul George Jr. So you may want to strap your cleats up, your knife, your Jordan. And um, that's something I actually want to get on too because um, the Clippers have arguably the two best two-way players in, in NBA history. There's not many players that can light you up on offense and shut you down on defense. And uh, these two guys, especially uh, PG and his um and his uh, Indiana career before the leg injury, was a uh, I mean, still is, was definitely a, two, a two-sided player. And with Kawhi Leonard, we know what he brings to the court as well. So defense will be great. And they still was able to keep Lou Williams. Though they gave up Danilo Gallinari, who cares? Um, yeah, he played great, but they, you can always replace him. And they gave up five first-round draft picks. Now, um... Clippers won't be in the draft anytime soon, but hell, well, you got a chance to fight for a championship for the next five or four to five years, who gives a damn? You figure by the time these guys um, gas out, it'd be time for you to start all over again. So with the Hall of Fame coach, when Doc Rivers, and the organization with the Hall of Fame um, president and the symbol in Jerry West, it seems like the Clippers are really moving forward. And I just want to say something real quick. When Jerry West is involved, just get off the just get out the negotiations. I, I was going for them from the beginning because Jerry West is that man. He gets what he wants. I love Magic. I love all these other guys, uh, Masao Jerry and some of these other great uh, GMs and presidents. But you cannot compete with the, with the symbol, Jerry West himself. What he wants a player, he gets him. And guess what? The Clippers are looking great. I wish the Knicks had them for at least a few seasons just to freaking detox us. What's your thoughts, though, man? Um, oh, now moving forward with the um, with the Clippers, uh, do you still have the Lakers as number one favorite in the West? The only reason why I say I still got them, um, a lot of people not saying some of the moves that they made, I guess, um, they put Boogie back with uh, AD, even though it's a one-year round. I feel like if they start him and they do a, a low management, they won't be the team in the West. And what I mean by that is Montrez Harris is a great player, don't get me wrong. But Montrez Harris is a pick and roll player. When you got a good defensive team, like the Lakers will be as well, it's going to be hard to get that going if they want that some type of goal. They're going to have to force the players to shoot the team in the Clippers. And I think that, um, I think the Clippers have a better rotation. Don't get me wrong, they got a better depth. But, I think that the Lakers will be better because of the experience in the playoffs from LeBron, Rondo, and Danny Green also coming in. I, I think Danny Green is going to know a lot of the things that people don't know about Kawhi, and is going to be able to expose him. If Danny Green is going to Kawhi, 
I'm not saying he going to lock him down, but he's going to make him do things that we've we never seen him do before. Mm. So I think long term, the Clippers are the better team. But the first two seasons will prove that the Lakers were well equipped way before they said they won't go out to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jerry West is, uh, I mean, Danny Ainge is shut up basically because Jerry West is the greatest executive of all time. After that, I'll give it to Pat Riley. I mean, no, nobody has ever, like, trusted such great deals. It, to me, I, I, look, I look at him like he's one of those uh, mob guys in Vegas. He owned every casino on the strip, but you never see him in any of them. Mm. All the money comes down. He's you know, he, he already in, he always win. So it's like, I, I mean, that guy's just a, a prolific type of person. That's why I said, even as a basketball fan, in a video game since the end of real life, if I'm a player right now, no matter what position I play, I'm trying to go to the clip. Because you got arguably the greatest coach of all time in Doc Rivers. The numbers may not show it, but when it comes to player development, as we were talking about earlier, and bringing the best out of the player, Doc Rivers is that type of player, and he's a great zone defense player. If you look at the ball stuff that's back in the day, with the big three, well, I can't say back in the day, but to most, you know, young kids back in the day, they played a great zone defense or a box on one, and it helped Rondo be looked at as such a great defender. He was such a great uh, ball watcher, peak pocket type player. I think that Bill definitely going to get for uh, defense for the year in the next three years if he keeps playing with that team and it allows him to be the anchor in the defense because we know Kawhi and Paul York can play great defense, but if you look at who's going to have to go out the best player on the floor every night, it's going to be Pat Bill. Because of the point guards, the way it's going in the league, now the point guards are going to be the most dominant player moving forward as always. I think Pat Bell is going to show a different side of him. And I think if they actually do the final way to start a little wheel with Pat Bell, it's going to put both of them confident. They seem like best friends. They play perfect off each other. So I definitely feel like overall, Jerry West would be the best moves. But uh, up front, starting off, I think chemistry-wise, the Lakers are going to mesh better. You know, um, speaking about Doc Rivers, you made an interesting point. Um, I want to add on to that and as well play, play devil advocate. Um, Doc Rivers, damn sure, is is great in player development. You speak about the Celtics, and if you go back and think about that squad, think about the Leon Pauls and the Kendrick Perkins, and as you say, Rajon Rondo, who um, probably would have been overlooked by most teams, uh, a lot of teams, actually. But the thing was, Doc Rivers knew how to make him work, knew how to make him mesh. The only knock I would have against Doc was that um, he showed without Hall of Famers, could he get it done? Even though he has had good teams in the past, such as um, the Orlando team that year that lost to the Detroit Pistons that was uh, – ready to go to the finals with, uh, uh, you know, scoring champ and T-Mac that year. If you also think about when they had the uh, Clippers, uh, as much noise as they made, they still didn't go anywhere. But now he has Hall of Famers again. And um, to go back on that side, when you have, now that he has these Hall of Famers, and he has better complimentary players than what he had in the um, – Boston, with no disrespect to Kendra Perkins and these guys, but they, he averaged four and four. Where um, Pat Bev can give you more than that, and another team, Pat Bev wouldn't be looked to score. But Pat Bev is going to be that guy that you know what 
he's going to be able to hit a spot up three and play good defense, which he is more than what you need. A lot of people forget. If you look at numbers, he finished the season with 38 and 40% shoot from the field and three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to Even yeah, he made Dalo Gallinari, uh, Gallinari uh, relevant again inside the inside the NBA because a lot of people forgot about him once the Knicks traded him and um, brought out what I thought was uh, his best seasons uh, in the NBA. So with that being said, and I don't believe they're done. I do believe they'll get one more good piece, not an awesome piece, obviously because of cap reasons. But um, I want to talk about um. Loyalty. Is there any in the NBA? Because um, the reason I ask this, the reason I ask this, if you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan and you went campaigning so hard just so you can get Paul George to sign back, you're happy. You know, um, you think these guys are going to do better than what they did last year. Throw Russ, you know, shooting digressed a lot and, uh, PG was having an MVP year until the shoulder injury. And you wake up and you hear, you read this news or you hear it. As the Oklahoma City Thunder fan, you have to be freaking pissed, upset. Like, we campaigned hard to make sure we could resign this guy. And one call from Kawhi Leonard, I he went... <laughs> to the front office of OKC and said that he's not happy here anymore and he wants to leave <laughs> and he gets traded. So to me, it's just like, wow, oh, oh whoa, you, you're not happy all of a sudden? I'm confused. You, you signed back. You said it's great to play with Westbrook. Um, true, you guys didn't go, didn't, um, didn't ex- exceed expectations because you guys got kicked out the first round by a Portland team who we knew were better than you guys. But still, at the same time, um, you would think uh, you would give it another go, at least to say, hey, we made it to the playoffs. We just need to prove on some things. No, he's gone. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. The way they said it, the way I said it, is the way that it's been told around um, all sports news and um, television networks. And I'm I'm actually disappointed and disgusted, honestly, because. I'm not an OKC fan, I but I am a fan of the NBA, and I just don't like how certain things are going. And um, I don't know. It's just, I mean, if we're talking on a business here, you got to think. You guys did sign a contract. If this was music, a lot of these guys would be screwed. You end up like TLC and they first contracts, you know what I'm saying? Um, things wouldn't be good if this was any other business. But because... I believe because this is a sport and you cannot have a sport without talent, without stars. You know, it puts this business at a at a point where they have to give in. So I, I want to know your point on loyalty in the NBA as far as, you know, contracts and staying with teams. Um, 
you speak about the loyalty thing, there is no loyalty in any sports. Because if it was loyalty, then the actual the owners would be willing to invest more money to actually bring talent there. A lot of people are going to shit on Westbrook because of uh, Paul George being traded. A lot of people didn't pay attention to what Wolves said after the trade. They offered Toronto Raptors, Paul George. Oh, yeah, Paul Jim Westbrook, did you? Yes. Yo, when I heard, not to cut you off, when I heard that, that was really bad. That was really bad. But go on. That was bad, bro. Pascal is a great player, but I don't think Pascal is a no prolific City Thunder gave him too much leeway. Uh, I do agree with you about the part that um, he has the Iverson mentality where Iverson couldn't keep Stackhouse, Speedy Claxton. You know, he, he just couldn't keep teammates worth the shit. Keith Van Horn, I believe, was there. Uh, but I wouldn't totally say he don't rock with people outside of the NBA because uh, he's been known for chilling with LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and these yeah, guys. Yeah, like so yeah, I wouldn't say totally. Um, I would say if you had, to, I would agree with um, would say this if you had to say who are all the besties, he would probably be the least. But um. I, you know what, though? We knew Paul George always wanted to go to L.A., and him and um, Kawhi grew up right next to each other. So, um, towns that are very close to each other in the West Coast, in um, Los Angeles. So, um, it's it's understandable, but if you're an Oklahoma fan, you had to wake up hurt. 
you had to be like, damn. Ain't this a... Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, think about it. Oklahoma only got their team in Oklahoma after a situation that happened in New Orleans with them losing the arena because of Katrina. You know, people did that. You know, Chris Paul played in Oklahoma City for a few uh, months. And then that's when they said, okay, we're going to buy out the CRS Superstars and bring them to Oklahoma. So what even even bringing them to the market, I don't think market value, that's a good area for a team to be in anyway. No disrespect to people in Oklahoma, but... So uh, we'll see what's going to happen with Oklahoma in the next few years. Um, uh, it's sad to say, though, know, as we've seen with the Kings and uh, we've seen with Golden State moving, there's, there's a lot of relocating and uh, teams begging to stay in the areas uh, which they either been at for a long time or, you know, the fans are just loving them, as we see in Sacramento. But I will say this, Oklahoma City does need to uh, – trade away Westbrook because you know what? It's time to blow that shit up. It definitely is. Uh, rebuild is not, as we can see with Portland, Philadelphia, uh, even San Antonio does it on in a very quiet, indiscreet way. Every team does a rebuilding and you have to do what you have to do. And um, it, it is what it is. Even the Knicks now, they see after all the years of spending useless money and uh, wasting cap that they finally see, you know what? We have to rebuild. And you know what? We didn't get nobody, but keep your money. Let's try to do this again. And um, before we head on out, we are, real quick, Zion Williamson is out for the remainder of the Summer League. Bruised knee. Uh, watched last night game for a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you guys and watch the whole thing. I watched up to the halftime where I saw the Knicks winning. Um, you know, hey, what do you want me to say? It was the sophomores versus the rookies. The Knicks had damn near their whole sophomore team out except R.J. Barrett. So, um, uh, I feel bad for Zion. This is not a good sign. You know, bruised knee, not at all for a man who, um, whose athleticism is his number one key to offense and defense. So, um. We have to keep a close eye out on him. I'm not calling this man a bust or anything like that. I'm praying for him because I want the best in Zion. But uh, we need to watch out for injuries that happen early. Your thoughts real quick before we head out? Two things, since we're speaking about injuries. Um, we want to speak about Michael Porter Jr. as well. And I, I think it, it coincides with what we were talking about with Zion. Uh, now, you look at most of these injuries that are going on. Michael Porter got injured. I think he injured his knee um, or something like that in uh, practice as well. These are these are only injuries that are going to make them miss the summer league. And I think if you're a great if you're a great GM that you know you have this player that you have to build around, you don't force him to play more games. If it's a regular season, I'm going to be back in two games. They'll get a game of rest. He will get 
a full practice and get treatment, and then he will he will go into a next game plan with low minutes. Zion doesn't need to have all his weight on his shoulders early. We want to see him to be an exciting player. We want to see you know what he's capable of doing. But if you put so much pressure on him, it's going to be like what basically Tom Thibodeau did to Joe Kim Noah. You can run a player into the ground that is a high motor player, but you got to control the motor. That's like if I'm driving a car and I'm pushing 100 miles per hour every day. Eventually, that car's going to tear down. I don't care if it's what kind of car it is. You got to look at it like that with Zion. Zion has to play a certain amount of minutes. I think Zion should play like 21 minutes a game starting out. I don't think he should play, you know, 40 plus minutes a game. You give him 21 minutes a game, he can give you 21 and 8. I believe. Yeah, I agree I with that. I, I agree with know. that. He's a bigger and man. He's not a guard. He has a lot more right. muscle. Needs to lose a little bit more fat. So you know what? You need to make sure that you um you really baby this guy his first year until he take uh, yeah. take some of this baby fat off. If, if, if you don't, then you're gonna end up like yeah. the yeah. Or Greg Oden, who I saw in the big yeah. three. <laughs> That's crazy. You know they got Greg Oden the big fucking three. Yeah, he got him and Big Baby. He kind of took you for a loop, but I thought it. You know who's killing it? Um, I watched Royce White wild out the other day. I, I mean, I know it's half court, but damn. Some of these cats, you be looking like, oh, I saw Jay Richardson do an up and under dunk yesterday. That shit was smooth. To see that this man still has phenomenal hearts. Man, I, what are, and, bro, did we just have this conversation the other day um, in the game? <laughs> I was telling you the other day, Richardson was one of the best, um, you know, Shooting, yup. He changed his game. A lot of people don't give him credit. Yeah, nah, I watched Jay Rich. Even when he got traded to Philly, Jay Rich became a way better shooter the, the, um, towards his career, especially once he realized, you know, these knee injuries are real. He became a way better scorer. I'm at, um, it took, see, here's the thing, man. When you come in as a specialist, especially a dunker, and you try to change your game to shooting and things like that, you and you do it towards the mid to late end of your career. Though you're a good player, people don't see that because they see, oh man, you picked this up late up in your career. You can't get the money of things if you do this earlier in your career. That's why it's good for someone like a Ben Simmons to learn how to shoot now. Don't wait to learn how you shoot until you're 31, 32. Because though you'll still be a great player, your value won't be looked the same unless you do it now. People don't understand that. Your value goes a lot higher if you master your game at an earlier stage of your career instead of later because people think you have no more threads on your tire. And that's pretty much what I got to say, but... Off-season madness continues, man. We officially drop this episode tomorrow. Um, well, that's all really hey, I was we, waiting can for. We, can, we, uh, can, we, can we speak about uh, two things, uh, two points I wanted to uh, talk about? And, you know, um, a lot of people not looking at this, but the Utah Jazz will be one of the top five defensive teams in the league and shit. A hundred percent. Agreed. You look at how they build that team up.
I forget the small player they picked up, but they picked up another player that's a great, you know, 3 and D style player. You look at a team like that long term, that team is going to be good and keep their chemistry together. And I want to ask you, what do you feel about Boogie going to the Lakers? Do you think that he's going to stay with them long term? Do you think it's going to work? And do you think he can stay healthy? You know, it all depends on what Boogie you get coming back. Uh, I think Boogie really wants to run his own team because if we look at Boogie um, in Sacramento, we look at Boogie when um, AD was hurt in New Orleans, he's always been a game changer. It's just, I mean, for a big man to suffer that type of injury, the Achilles, you know, I then suffer another injury in the quad. You know, to be real, Boogie just needs some time to heal to see what type of Boogie he could become to see that would determine, to me, whether he stays or go. Because if he feels like, damn, I ain't the same dude, I need somebody to help, he's going to stay. It depends. Because you know what? He's still young, and it's still about that money. So if he has a good season, somebody else is going to pay him. See, this is how I was Kawhi, when he wanted to come to the Lakers, he was asked that he bring his trainers who got his brother together and helped him play long-term in Toronto. I think LeBron and Anthony Davis' trainers are one and the same at this point. And the way LeBron is able to keep his body afloat for so long, I think he's going to be able to help Boogie get over the injury and make his game better. I think they're going to work on his jump shot. He's not going to be a stretch five. But I think that he's going to get a lot of catch and shoot baskets because people are expecting him to be ball dominant with his back to the basket. And then lineup, he's going to play pick and pop basketball. Yeah, because AD so can I play think, back down to the basket. Right. So I just think, I just think you know, long term, I think that this year is going to be easy for them. And if I'm, if I'm boogie, as long as AD and LeBron are in LA, I sign back for another two or three years. Because with that, I would agree, with that, yeah, because you, you, like you, you can go deep every year. Right. And then you got Danny Green to kick out to if you don't have a basket. So he's a great defender. A lot of people look at his defense. He's not just like a hedge defender or a help defender. He's an anchor on defense. So I just think, you know, a lot of the things that people were saying about Boogie last year in the playoffs because he wasn't able to do the net, you're not going to have him come out and tell him that he can be a point forward every game plays like a point forward. That's impossible. He never played that role before. He did good when he stepped up in the playoffs and had, um, I think it was like eight assists. He almost had a triple double. <laughs> almost had a triple double in game two, I believe that was, yeah. Yeah. But you can't tell him every game to come about good if he doesn't know how to play with these players. This yeah. With them. Yeah. It takes time to build chemistry with players. I mean, we know that from even too big, right? Actually, you can't play with somebody, uh, you know, a few days on the weekend and be like, well, when I play with him, I know it's Tennessee. You don't know that Tennessee. AD knows how Boogie played. He does. And that's the advantage that Boogie has over a lot of these players. Yeah, I agree with that. Play. That's really not. Nah, that's a very good point right there because I thought actually. They both were 20, 20, 25, <coughs> 12 when they were in uh, New York, New, New Orleans. Yeah, I wish New York, but um. I agree on that part because uh, I actually thought he should have signed back with Golden State one more year because I thought he was awesome in the past and I thought because he didn't get enough playing time with these guys, he didn't get the uh, ball out like you said, like you need to. So I thought if he signed back another year, it would have been better. But um, signing, signing with LA is just as good and LeBron's a very good passer. So I expect Boogie to have a phenomenal year. Definitely. Yeah. And, 
But last thoughts right there, man. Folks, we finally bring this out. <clears throat> Hope y'all enjoy this one. We got part one of all season. Where we talking about what happened in the beginning. Part two. And this is the last part. We just needed Kawhi to go somewhere so we could just drop this info. That <laughs> finally has happened. So, uh. Everything else is really just, um, unless somebody gets traded, seriously, um, enjoy the Summer League and uh, enjoy us. And we'll be back 2-2, two two, then not between sports that hate Charlie Brown. And who? State your name, gangster. Sorry, brother, man. Y'all get familiar with man. We're going to get more of these done, man. Sorry for the break, but, you know, life happens. But, you know, everything is back in full effect, man. Hey, look up to the NFL news recently. Uh, Recent news is coming up, man. We're going to talk about a few things in the next uh, coming week. Uh, crazy incident over the weekend. A guy from uh, the Dolphins basically blew his hand off. He had to get his arm amputated. You know, um, it's crazy what, what we're capable of doing. You know, we got so much money and too much time on our hands in all season, man. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. you guys pay attention every day, man. We're going to do a baseball wrap-up. You know, just try to try to keep you know you guys familiar with a lot of the sports that's going on. Yeah, boxing and MMA coming. Hey, follow the Instagram, man. We're gonna get get way more active on Instagram. Yeah, and we're back on it. Check out Sloyd Butler. Don't forget that. Check out the Insta on the Twitter too. What's the Twitter name again? Twitter name is Thin Line Between Sports. That's and the hate. And the hate. That's right. So check check us out and um. Definitely, I'll be dropping this tomorrow and an MMA uh, wrap-up because tonight is a crazy main event card. <laughs> we got John Jones versus Thiago Santos. I can't wait. A lot of you guys are counting John Jones out, you crazy son of a bitches, man. That's going to be a hell of a card. We got Holly Holmes versus Amanda Nunes. I got Holly Holmes for this one, y'all. Luke Rockhold versus Blackowitch. I got Blackowitch on this one, y'all. So I'll be here to talk about this as soon as the card is over because the card is actually going on right now. So expect uh, two episodes to drop back to back. And uh, shit, man, we out. Love, peace, and hair grease. And if you don't have lemons, get lime. It still tastes good. Holla at us. Peace.